Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. If the roar of the crowd gives you goosebumps, cashing a slip makes you grin, and above all, you love making your bookie cry, then you're in the right place. The number one spot for premier betting advice and wild opinions, shared with a fan base like no other. Welcome home. This is the Punch List MMA Podcast. Mike check one two one two. I think we're good to go, man. I think we're good. And yeah, here we are. It's another Tuesday night, nine thirty p.m. Eastern Standard Time, the year of our Lord twenty twenty three. I'm your host Dale, producer Jake in the background on the ones and twos. Now that's only for DJs, right? Only DJs are on the ones and twos. He's on the he's on the QR QRT, yeah, <laughs> that QWERTY keyboard, baby. Um, chopping it up man and we're having a good time and figured let's just hit live on this thing and do what we always do which is provide probably i mean at one time statistically the greatest mma podcast on earth uh but now just a pretty good podcast uh let's go ahead and make that happen so here we are we're going to talk about fights inevitably we'll talk about a million other things that aren't fight related but we shall have a good time all the same. Uh, Austin in here early, as always. Appreciate you, too. Says the last two weeks been a wash. Welcome back. Thanks for having me. Should have kept Holloway out of my parlays as minus. Wait, should have kept Holloway out of my parlays as minus 150 for him was a blessing. I mean, Holloway won. I mean, he should have been the anchor of all your parlays, bro. You should You should be parlaying him with fights this weekend. You should be parlaying Max Holloway with Drew Dober on May 6th at UFC 288. Is what we should be doing. That's that. I mean, it should be Max Holloway all the time, man. That's that's the that's the gift that keeps giving. That's like your grandpappy giving you a savings bond when you were born. You just hold on. To it. Hold on. You don't go, Jake. Am I chopping up on your screen or is it just mine? I'm chopping up on yours too. Sweet. Um, yeah, but my others in my parlay didn't. Ah, Holloway all day. Got you. Yeah, Max Holloway at the minus one fifty to minus one ninety range, where he was readily available, was was just. I uh, said to somebody on Twitter earlier today that I wish I had I was in a position financially to have gone bigger on that. Um, but you know, we're we got some ebb and flow. With, with the betting as of late. So, um, Billy Q lost round one, knockout. <laughs> oh, baby, did he ever. Edson Barboza, goodness gracious, man. I love, there's nothing more uh, that I love than sitting down and, and doing a fight where it's like, you can win money as long as this one thing doesn't happen. And then that one thing happens. But, hopefully, Hopefully, we all 
listen to me, and we played Jillian Robertson round props and not submission props and not money line props, but round props because Jillian Robertson in round two was plus 600, plus 700. That I'm just, we talked about this. These are the things that we went over. Hopefully, somebody somewhere listening to this show cashed that plus 600 or more ticket on Jillian Robertson in round two, like we talked about. Um, so anyway, fights happen, they were good. I was out of town all weekend, went to the beach, chopped it up with the fam for a little bit, you know, a little uh, holy week, Easter you know, celebration, if you will. It was a good time, man. We had a good time. Got a little sun, got a little, drank some margaritas, as people are inclined to do. Came back, back on that works, that work grind, if you will. I hate work. I'm just going to be honest with you. Um, I'm just, I hate it with all my heart. I can't wait to retire. Uh, Austin says, I got Robertson by sub, round two. Ooh. Oh, that's double juicy. And Kutalaba by TKO. Thank you for bringing up Iwan Kutalaba. I said this. I said I was going to regret it. I said that it was betrayal at the highest level by going against Iwan because he's so unreliable. But he is the godfather of the Caucasus Mountain Warrior phrase. And yet, I went against him and he snuffed Tanner Bozer. Um, and he made me eat my words. And it's just, it's one of those things like betting against Tai Tuivasa. Um, it's just every time I do it, I, and I just end up eating. So I just have to take the good with the bad. Now, that being said, Ewan says that he's back. He wants to make a title run. He's the, he's the best he's ever been this, that, and the other, which to me screams, we have to fade him next time out, but I can't. So I'm just saying you, regardless of what I've, what I say, we should earmark this little clip right here, regardless of what I say with his next matchup, when I inevitably take him and bet him, you should do the opposite of that because he is a he's most likely a severe fade candidate moving forward uh but here we are here we are um speaking of Iwan Kutalaba our boy Carl Baby K Roberson Jake did you see this Baby K got arrested um he was in jail and then got out thanks to the wonderful lax laws of New Jersey where we'll be heading for UFC 288 on May 6th uh, but our boy Carl Roberson uh, decided he's going to rob somebody. He was going to put that name to the test, right? Uh, he and another gentleman, another upstanding citizen, uh, decided to break into a home and stole $200,000 worth of jewelry. They got that that drip. They decided to, to break in and steal that drip. Then they got out, uh, even though they're caught on camera because they're real smart big brain moves, um, got a car and then got pulled over in said car with a handgun, handguns and some cocaine, some cocaina. And, um, I think there might've been a little fentanyl in there too. If I'm not mistaken, there might've been a little of that finny. So baby K doing it up big. Here's a cool part, right? So baby K broke into a house, stole 200 grand in jewelry. Uh, then he got, pulled over with a gun and some cocaine and some fentanyl. And then he went to jail and said he was, he was in for two weeks, three weeks. And he's back out, back out on the streets, bro. 
He's just out there contributing to society, just, you know, doing his best, right? He's just out there just bringing value to the community. I'm so glad, man. I'm so glad that that happens, man. I, I, I think that the best way to rehabilitate these people is to pretend that they what they did didn't happen and just let them back out again. Just let them back out. That's what I think. I think I think so. Um, Adam Fish says, guess the 20K show for his last four losses wasn't sufficient. You're right. You're right. You're right. That wasn't uh that probably didn't probably didn't. You know, something tells me. Just throwing this out there. Something tells me that guys like Carl Roberson are probably not I'm trying to think of the right word. Uh, studious with their finances. It's probably not something that they do. They're probably not. Uh, I don't think that Carl Roberson's got somebody in his life that's past Series 6 or Series 7. So, anyway. All right. Let's see what we got here. Uh, Nickel says that booger sugar. Um, I've also forced Austin back onto Twitter since I've stopped Instagram. Okay. We're going to clear the air on the Instagram thing. One, one This is it. The email associated with the, with the Instagram profile that was created when Trey and I made that is a dead email. So I cannot reset the password and I do not know what it is. I don't, I don't know what it is. And the email ceases to exist. So it's just done. And I don't, I didn't like it enough. I didn't care enough for it. Everything you ever saw on Instagram minus the DMs came from him. Wasn't me. I just, I hate that platform. I don't like, it's too, I don't even like Twitter to be honest with you. I I don't, I don't want to use it, but I got to use something and it allows me to stream this on there as well. So anyway, all right. So Max Holloway minus 150 blessing, a blessing on Easter weekend. Um, Edson Barboza knocked out Billy Q and killed all the Billy parlays. Senior Perfecto had a Perfecto performance. Carl Baby K. Roberson um, got all hopped up on that that Colombian bang bang and stole a bunch of jewelry. Um, and then what else? Has anything else happened, Jake? Oh, the main the co-main event of UFC 288 with Charlie Olives, Chucky Olives, and Benil Dariush is for the time being. They pulled that. So um Charlie Olives has some sort of, I don't know if it's a disclosed injury, undisclosed injury. All I saw is the fight's off. So then I think we get Jessica Andrade and Yan Zhao Nyan. I think that's who we get um, for the co-main. And then this should, and here, here, here's, where, here's where I get upset. Uh, this, sh- this should put Dober and Frivola on the pay-per-view card where they should have been to begin with. But personal bias playing through here. I just, you got a guy that's going for the lightweight knockout record. If he, if, and when he knocks out Matt Frivola, um, he will be the all-time leader as far as lightweights are concerned for knockouts. That to me should have been on the pay-per-view card to begin with. Should have been there to begin with. Now, Drew and Benil Dariush have history. A couple years ago, they fought. Darius tapped them out. Um, I know Drew would like to get that fight back. It'd be really cool if Benny was like, hey, I need to stay busy here. Let's get after it. But Benny seems dead set on getting that title shot. So he'll wait. 
And uh, Dana White wants every lightweight not named Conor McGregor to have a fight booked. So that way he can weasel Conor in there for a title fight. Mark my words. All right. I think that's it, dude. I think we've recapped everything that could have possibly happened. Um, there's a bunch of socio-political, geopolitical things going on in the world right now. But maybe we'll save that for the for the very end. Maybe we'll save all that. For the very end, we don't want to lose people right off the rip anymore, right? We want to we want to hide it. We got to hide. We got to hide the stuff in the middle, right? You, you, it's like a pill with a dog. You got to put the, the the good for you stuff in the middle somewhere. <laughs> that way, you gotta you gotta suck off all this peanut butter to get to it. All right, let's do the first fight on the main card. It should be Jeremiah Wells taking on Matthew Semmelsberger. Pick him fight here, Jake. Over under around is at one and a half. Semi the Jedi taking on Jeremiah Wells. Uh, Jeremiah Wells, you may know him two different ways. One, for being shaped like a Ninja Turtle. That guy's first team all wide back. And two, he beat the shit out of that guy, Blood Diamond. Where is the diamond? Where is the diamond? He beat him up. He beat him up bad. That was cool. That was real cool. <laughs> he beat him. <laughs> I love what they call that guy Blood Diamond. Didn't he like change his name to Blood Diamond too? That's so funny. Oh, man. All right, so we got Semmelsberger, who's punching above his weight class here. I think Semis, I mean, I've always been big on Semi, a little, little Semmelsberger. He's kind of been my uh, been one of my dudes that we continue to go back to the well. Um, I hated the loss to Alex Morono. And I think the biggest hit we took on him was the Chaos Williams fight. But we were all over him over Jake Matthews. We, you know, we knew the Jake Matthews Andre Fialo fight was a fluke, so we were all over that. AJ Fletcher has arms uh, as long as a fourth grader, and then Martin Sano, you know, that was like a last second replacement. Uh, don't forget the infamous Jason Witt has a has has an amazing chin. Semmelsberger knocked, <laughs> uh, knocked him out. You know, first sixteen seconds of the fight. Um, yeah, I mean, look, this is this is. Jeremiah Wells is of the caliber fighter that Semmelsberger should beat, right? I mean, he really is. Knocking out Court McGee and Blood Diamond, I don't really, you you know, I'm not not real big on that. Um, He did beat up Worley Alves. Alves is okay uh, at times. But this, this, I mean, pick him is a, I mean, it's a great line. You're going to be really hard pressed to push this any one way or the other. Um, I would say if you're on the Wells side, you're looking at it inside the distance play. And if you're at Semmelsberger, you're looking at a sort of a wrestling grind kind of thing. He might try to test the hands later on the second half of the second round and beyond. He might t- test the hands a little bit, but I would look for a clinch game from Semmelsberger here. I really think he'd be, he'd do well here to, to try to just build up that lactic acid in that giant tortoise shell back of Jeremiah Wells. I don't know what they do there at that gym where Sean Brady trains at, but all them guys are thick. They're thick. So, um, yeah, I think if you're on the Semmelsberger side, you're you're leaning overs and by decision. And if you're on the Wells side, you you like unders and um, possibly KO props. I would personally, this is probably not a, this is probably not something I'm feeling super confident in. I don't see a lot of DraftKings. Uh, potential for either one of these folks. Uh, This is probably just a stay away. Um, 
if 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 you were to like gun to my head it um i've got a hankering that that wells probably beats him but i you know again semmelsberger seems to be outperforming his his skill set so i don't know if he's getting better or uh like i said he's just waiting for reality to catch up and a win over blood diamond and old worley alves and you know not, I mean, I will say finishing Court McGee is probably the highlight of the of Jeremiah Wells's career because Court McGee is notoriously durable. And I think I was on Court McGee for that fight, actually. Uh, so I, I guess if I had to lean, I'd lean Wells, but I don't, I don't love it enough to to put my my hard earned smackaroons on. Which, um, speaking of smackaroons, Jake, it, today is tax day. Did you render unto Caesar what is Caesar's today? Jake has not paid his taxes. I like that about you. I like that. I listen. I'm I'm all for it. I, you know, I would love to take to the woods and uh, never pay taxes again. And maybe someday I will. Maybe someday I will. I'm I'm. T- I mean, you know, I'd say something, but I Lord forgive me for it. All right. So it's like. It's like you go to the VA, right? The VA is always like, "Hey, you're not feeling about you know you'll, you don't you you're not thinking about hurting yourself, right? You don't want to hurt yourself or hurt hurt others." And you're like, well, "No, not today." And they're like, "Well, what do you mean, not today?" You're like, "Well, bro, not today." But I'm saying, you know, I come in here and you give me the old two week prognosis. Hey, yo, we got to get to work. You know what I mean? <laughs> Time of the clock is ticking. <laughs> We got, you know, we got some, we got some, somebody got some splaining to do. We got two, we got two weeks left. I mean, you never know, right? All right, here we go. Brogan Walker taking on Yasmin Lucinda. Lucinda at 13 and five. Brogan Walker at eight and three. Brogan Walker, uh, that's a chick. This is a chick fight. Brogan Walker is not a dude that wants to fight you at a field party. This is a real woman that's, that is a plus 280 dog here against Lucinda at a minus 340 over on rounds at two and a half. I mean, we got, it's just a women's science play at this point. Now, given the, the skill set of Lucindo, I, she should beat Brogan Walker. Brogan Walker's not good at all. Like, she's really not good. Um, but n- most women fighters are not very good. Uh, and, you know, if it – I don't – plus 280 is juicy money on a, on, on a women's women's dog here. Like, we're talking about 13-5 and five as a professional record and 8-3 and three as a professional record here on both of these ladies. And – um I'm just going to be honest with you. I really kind of feel like, you know, you're looking at the KO power of, um, of Lucindo, you know, her and her and Yasmin Uruguay put on a banger last time out. Uh, so she's going to want to stand and bang this entire time. I mean, that's where her path of victory most likely lies uh, is going to be that knockout. Now, can she get that against Brogan Walker? Now, you know, I'm a big fan of nicknames, Brogan Walker, nicknamed the bear. Very, very hard to go against somebody with the nickname the bear, right? I mean, it's, that's, that's a real, that's a real thing. But if you're looking at Brogan Walker, she's lost her last three professional fights uh, or no three, her last four, I apologize. Um, you know, most recently that Juliana Miller loss, not, I mean, I don't want to say that loss hasn't aged well because she just lost uh, Miller just lost to Veronica Hardy, not Macedo, but Hardy. So that loss hasn't aged particularly well. Um, 
Lucindo, we don't get a lot of women finishes. So if you're on Lucindo, go knock out. But I'm on Brogan Walker here just because of science. Just, just off of science. And like my man Nichols here says, trust the science. Yes. Yes, you should. You should trust women's science at all times. It's the only science I, I routinely advocate for um, because we all know that astronomy is not real. Okay. Jake, Bobby Green, Jared Gordon. Now, keep in mind, Jared Gordon, not Jared Gooden. The night train is back, or at least he was for a moment. Uh, but do not get these two convinced or uh, confused with one another. Jared Gordon, a couple years ago, would have loved some of that cocaine and fentanyl that Carl Roberson had. He probably would have bought it off of him. But he is in recovery, and he's doing great. He's living his best life. He's a plus 215 dog. Uh, against Bobby Green at the minus 255 spot. Over on around is at two and a half. Now, Bobby Green is coming off of a brief little interlude to the shadows, thanks to our boy, uh, the Crimson Chin, making a quick turnaround, and he is saying this is his retirement fight. We should probably, Drew says this will not be Bobby's retirement fight. It very well may be. We should approach this as if it is going to be Bobby Green's retirement fight. We've got a grinder with no power, heavy wrestling, and good cardio in Jared Gordon. Three rounds, small cage, plus 215. Let's give it. Let's give it a go. I I, I just I feel like it's I feel like it's worth it. Yes, Bobby Green's slick. Yes, Bobby Green has good takedown defense. Yes, Bobby Green does the jujitsu doesn't work on me. I'll just stand up thing. I understand. All of that. I totally get it. But you got a guy saying it's going to be his retirement fight. You got a guy coming off a vicious knockout. Um, and they're in a small cage against a grinder. Jared Gordon's not going anywhere. I think I think he writes the uh writes the ship here. Um, I I would really I would really be interested in just dipping my toe in the water on a Jared Gordon plus two fifteen. There's not a there's not a lot of plus plus two or greater dogs that you should really like give a lot of time and attention to here. Um, but Gordon, Gordon seems to be it. Um, that said, Gordon is not going to finish Bobby green. So you could, you could in theory, you know, open up all the decision parlays if you wanted to, um, Bobby Green is known to get himself in some split decision type situations. If you look at the Tiago, was it the Tiago Moises fight where we had him in a split decision? And then I believe he had a, he had a, I think he's had a couple. Um, so he, he's one of those guys where his rounds for whatever reason are very hard for judges to score. They're not really sure what to do with a guy like him. Uh, Cause he's, he's sort of relaxed, right? Um, which kind of throws them, kind of throws them off. Uh, the Moises decision was unanimous. Sorry, my mistake there. Um, let's see. I'm thinking. I'm thinking of the Lando Venata. Yeah. I mean, look. Bobby Green lost to Drakkar Close, and Drakkar Close is like a Jared Gordon that hits harder. So. I'm all over it, man. Give me Jared Gordon. Give me Jared Gordon plus two fifteen. I normally don't ever bet on that guy, but let me let me try it. Let me just let me sprinkle it. 
Let me sprinkle it and then give me a split decision prop just because I feel like this might this might head there. Just why not? Why not? A little splitty, a little splitty. That's all. It's tough to trust the guy with head tattoos. All right. What else we got, Jake? We've got co-main event of the evening is now Brad Tavares versus Bruno Silva. Uh, we did lose a fight. We did lose the Yadong Song Ricky Simone fight. That will be is it next week's main event? Um, so we did lose that one. Nichols says Green looked great against Dober. Put Dober in all caps before he got shadow realmed. Yep. 100% did. He looked fantastic. And I'm going to be honest with you because this, this show, while filmed in my office, is underneath the cooling shade of the trust tree. I was real worried after round one. I was I was worried. The jab was spicy. The shoulder roll was slippery. And Drew could not find the target. Um so I was I was very, very nervous after round one. Um, yeah, okay. Thanks, Jake. Yeah, so Song Yudong and Ricky Simone is the main event next week. Thank you. I knew it, I knew it got pulled today. I think they announced that. So anyway, uh, so we get Brad Tavares versus Bruno Silva. Bruno Silva plus 130. Brad Tavares minus 150. Overrunner rounds at two and a half. Brad Tavares is the hardest fighter, one of the hardest fighters to cap because you have no idea what version of him is going to show up. There are versions of Brad Tavares that you think, dude, this guy could like like top 10 it. Like he really, he's got good power. He's got good wrestling. He's He's got good cardio. And then there are Brad Tavares's that like show up that don't, that don't have a second gear, that his face falls apart as soon as somebody taps him. That can't check a leg kick, that you know can't. He just constantly like walks out breathing out of his mouth. It's I I don't know, man. There are there are times where you just cannot get a beat on Brad Tavares. My initial knee jerk reaction when I look at this fight, it's announced. I'm like in my brain, I'm going Brad Tavares. But then I also realize that that's 2016, 2017 me that's saying that. That's 2018 version of my brain that goes, yeah, Brad Tavares, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And I think about Bruno Silva, and I'm like, man, this guy hits like, you know, he he hits like one of those uh, Brazilian banana trucks on a Live Leaks video. I mean, he flatlines people, you know what I mean? Like he, all these little snuff movies that producer Jake sends me of people getting run over and Colombian cartels chopping people up. That's what I think of when I think of Bruno Silva. But if he can't get it done, like in the first seven minutes, man, it's a wrap. And I feel like if Brad Tavares using that Eric Nixick uh, game plan can just avoid the bombs for the first seven minutes, he's cruising. If 2018 Brad Tavares shows up, but if 2022 Brad Tavares shows up, he's going to get murdered in the first 30 seconds of this fight. So I don't know what to do, man. I, I'm, I feel like under two and a half, like let's, you're like, well, Dale, if you're on Tavares, you should be over two and a half because Brad Tavares can't beat his way out of a wet paper bag. I understand that. But Bruno Silva's cardio gets real bad if he can't hit you because he just throws everything big, heavy arm punches. So maybe under two and a half will be where I land here. Maybe I'll be the only cat out there you saying, you hear saying, take under two and a half. Because that's it. 
damn near even money. So give me under two and a half. Wait, well, no, fight doesn't go to decision. Give me the extra two and a half minutes at the minus 130 spot. That's what I want. Minus 130, fight doesn't go to decision. That's where I'm going with this. I'm just going to buy the extra two and a half minutes. I understand Tavares is not known to sleep, guys. He's not He's not going to choke you out. He's not going to do this, any other. But Bruno Silva puts himself in bad positions by being tired if he can't knock you out. And then let's just say he does a Bruno Silva and he knocks you out. Then we're winning. We got 15 minutes. These are heavy guys in a co-main event spot. Maybe, just maybe, minus 130. Just mark it down for me. If I'm leaning money line, I'm ready to be hurt again. I'm ready to have my heart broken. Give me the Samoan Prince Brad Tavares. But um, that's just a money line lean. I'm going inside the distance, minus 130. I want it. That's what I want. Main event of the evening, Sergey Pavlovich versus Curtis Blades. Blades at a minus 175. You can get Sergey at the plus 150. Over and rounds at one and a half. And I, I I thought in my head today, all day, all day today, Jake, I thought about how I was going to work in a Rocky Fort reference here. So that's what I thought of. I thought we have this big, towering, murderous Russian fighting. I mean, let's just let's just call let's just I mean, let's just say why this reference works. We have a Russian, we have a white Russian dude fighting a black American guy. I mean, that's just the way it works. And then in Rocky Four, the white Russian dude kills the black American guy. But I don't believe that Curtis Blades is, is Apollo Creed. I, I don't I don't, I don't I think that's I think that might be a bridge too far to compare Curtis Blades to Apollo Creed, unless it is in the sense that Sergey actually goes out there and murders Curtis Blades. Then, wow, Dale, that was that was spot on. I don't necessarily know that that's going to happen. Um, I, I I would say that you know Curtis Blades wrestling is teetering on Jose Aldo leg kicks territory at this point, where we we continue like the last three, four, five fights. We keep talking about how Curtis Blades is going to use his wrestling, and then he's been going out there and knocking people out and using his hands and not really wrestling or clinching and just not like not really just like leg hugging like he did against Volkov. Um, I mean, we don't know what Sergey Pavlovich looks like after like round one, round two. So why do we not feel like Curtis Blades should be smart enough to get through five minutes with this guy? And then if he gets through five minutes, he has his way with him. He just has to get through the first five. Curtis, to his own detriment, though, has suffered mightily in his career against power punchers. Look at Derek Lewis. Look at Francis Ngannou, obviously. Um you know, he he does not do well there. Um, I think he even had a dicey spot in the Overeem fight before he decided to lay, lay down the, the best elbows in MMA or heavyweight, UFC heavyweight history on uh, on our boy Alistair. Um, 
knee-jerk reaction among Curtis Blades based on the wrestling pedigree. I mean, we've said this is not a hot take. A million people have said this. I'm just going to reiterate the same point. There's not a better fundamental base to be a fighter than to control where the fight happens. And if you're a wrestler, that's what you do. He has to avoid that one big shot from Sergey. And then I think he I think he coasts. Fight does not go the distance is like the minus 800 range. So good luck there. Um Curtis Blades in round two and Curtis Blades in round three interest me. Um, I think that's a I think that might be where we're at. Blades in round two plus five forty. Uh blades in round three plus eleven hundred. I don't think Curtis beats him in round one. I think he just tries to wrestle his way into making Sergey tired in round one. And then he puts on the ground and pound in two and three. So give me Curtis Blades round two plus 540. And give me Curtis Blades in round three plus 1100. Um, If you would like to hedge, feel free to do so. And do so with a Pavlovich money line. Go for it. Go for it. You can do little half unis on the uh, or one uni plays on the on the rounds, and then do a do a two, you know, on the on the Sergey money line. Boom. So um, let's see here. Nicholas says under one and a half rounds and under two and a half rounds as parlay pieces. Yeah, I think it, I don't think we see a round four start. So yeah, yeah, I don't I don't think we see round four start. Um, it's. I, you, you reach a point with that where you, you just get – it gets way too chalky. So under three and a half is minus 650 range. Under two and a half, you're at minus four. Under one and a half, minus 165. Um, you know, hell, you could go – yeah, well – you can go regardless of winner. You can go fight ends in round two – Fight ends in round three. You're like at the plus four and six range there. Um, I mean, it'd be real sweet if you could find a Blades wins in round two or three prop at like the minus 250 range, if you could find it somewhere. Like if you could pick the two rounds. Um, one of the things I wish they did more, like you see, you see it a lot more in boxing where they will give you a block of rounds like you know canelo in round seven eight and nine i love those i love those um so give me give me curtis razor blades in round two give me curtis razor blades in round three and give me sergey pavlovich money line as a hedge if i need it if i need it which i don't think i will but if i do if i do um all right, we have some prelims we're going to go over real quick. Producer Jake, did anything happen this week that was not MMA related that you feel like I'd be remiss if I if I didn't touch on? I just don't want to. I've been trying. Okay, all right. I just want to make sure, man, because I've been, you know, I've been trying to scale it back a bit, get the blood pressure up too high, get the old acid reflux kicking in. You know what I mean? So I've been scaling it back. I just want to make sure I didn't miss anything. Um, I will say this, and 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 you know me, I'm, I'm usually all over this stuff, but I, I will say I have missed this entirely, which makes me would lead me to believe that it's something I should be paying attention to. 
apparently some dude from the National Guard leaked a bunch of documents from the Pentagon. Is that a thing that happened? So um, I'm, I'm going to I'll do some digging on that. If you could share some articles with me this week and then we'll circle back to it next weekend or next week, because I, you know, when the whole Snowden thing happened, I was all over that. But this guy, uh, I don't know, a little, little weekend warrior leaked a bunch of stuff, man. So I hear something weird. Do you hear that? It sounds like a little robot. You can hear it? You know what that is? I know exactly what that is. That is... Um, Oh, here we go. This See, this is what I love. Ariel Helwani scored the last main event fight for Arnold Allen, 48-47. Of course he did. Of course he did. Because Ariel Helwani wants a bunch of British dudes, particularly ones that play darts, to use his butthole as a dartboard. That's what he wants. I don't know if anybody else has noticed this, but that little tiny wisp of a man is on Twitter and his videos and all his show all the time. He is so obnoxious with this whole English thing that he's got going on where everything is absolute scenes, absolute scene. Like he literally takes every phrase that, you know, you would sort of put as cliche Brit. And now that's what he says. Um, he he's he's the worst. I I have often said um, that I I struggle with um, talking to people from various other regions that have heavy accents because then I find myself saying the things that they do too. So I, I part of me so part part of me you know sort of. I don't want to say empathizes with him, but you also have to have the self-awareness to go. I sound like, a, I sound like a doofus. And every time you like, all of a sudden he's into darts. All of a sudden he cares about football, AKA soccer or soccer, AKA football. However you want to put that. All of a sudden he cares about that stuff. Um, and everything's absolute scenes, absolute scenes. I, I just, I've always wanted to punch him anyway. But it doesn't help the cause. It doesn't help the cause. So I'm not surprised um, that the that the nose scored it 48-47. Did you know that the ins Jake, did you know this? I'm gonna I'm gonna share something with you here. Then the 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 skin, the type of skin tissue that's on the inside of your nose is the same that's on your pecker. It's the same tissue. Same kind of tissue. Pretty wild, right? I say that as producer Jake blows his nose, which is essentially like busting a nut. <laughs> All things considered. So I feel so good when you pick out one of them hard bugs where you're like, oh, yeah, you get that thing out and it literally makes your eyes go. <laughs> I know you know what I'm talking about, especially when it's got like the little tentacle that's like attached all the way up to your eye and you're like, Oh yeah, that's that's why. That's exactly why, dude. Oh, uh, you got pecker skin on the inside of your nose. Brady Highstand at seven and two, taking on Denai Batajal at twelve and four. Uh, boy, 
Brady Highstand. People really like this dude. Uh, but you know me, I love my Mongolians. There's not, you know what I had, you know, I had for dinner tonight? I had some Mongolian beef. Call it prophetic, but I had some Mongolian beef and rice tonight. And you can get the Nibotterjal right now, uh, minus 137. And around that market, everywhere books will take action. And I love that. I love that. He is violent. He hits hard. He's got good enough wrestling. He's got good enough cardio. He's just good enough to beat Brady Highstand. He's just good enough. And I'm 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 on deny. I'm on deny. You can't deny it. Um what's the uh what's what's the uh what's the Tupac song? Help me out here, Jake. Y'all can't deny it. Right? That's the one. Can't believe that I believe that to be it. <laughs> I don't know. I just listen to death metal. Um so yeah, I think that I think that works. I think that works. I think I'm on deny batters. The storm, yeah, dude, I'm on the storm. Look, I, I'll I'll entertain the chat here. He says I'll take Batman. I'll tell you what. You know what happens when a storm comes through? Bats can't fly. Bats die when the storm comes through. Bats stay grounded. So, um, give me deny. Give me deny. Plus, any dude whose name looks like a girl's name grew up tough. It's not quite boy named Sue with a name like deny, but it's not far off from it. So give me that Mongolian warrior, man. That's what I want. He comes from a tribe of warrior people. Speaking of tribal, Priscilla Cachoeira taking on Corinne Silva. Priscilla Cachoeira at 12 and 4. Corinne Silva at 15 and 4. I skirt dangerously close to the lines when it comes to talking about Brazilians. Priscilla Cachoeira, women's science? Women's science, dare we do Priscilla Catchaware at Women's Science? The zombie, zombie girl, I believe is what she calls herself. People were real mad at Priscilla Catchaware because she gouged old girl's eyes. I think she went for the fish hook too. Uh, Priscilla, uh, Priscilla Catchaware, I don't know if you know this or not, but looks like she would stab you in cold blood for jumping in line in front of her at the grocery store. Um, this is not a chick to be trifled with. This is the type of chick... That if she's selling something on Facebook Marketplace, you meet her in a public place. You do not drive to the house because she will hook you up with some people that will human traffic you in an instant. Priscilla Cachoeira is that person. Do not do that. Uh, Corinne Silva, minus 190 over on around the two and a half. Inside the distance play seems to be it for me. Priscilla Cachoeira is kill or be killed. Give me women's science uh, but more importantly, it seems weird to be on two women's finishes in one card. I mean, the MMA gods are going to be have to be feeling real violent on a Saturday to give us two women finishes. But we will take the blood sacrifice from the first fight as a good omen for the second one. We'll hold. We will hold like the Scots and Braveheart and see what happens with this one. And if we get violence, if we get blood, then we 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 fire on the next one. So, give me zombie girl on that women's science before we go uh and if she wins, then we're just rolling it into Brogan Walker, who again is a woman. All right. Francis Marshall taking on William Gomi. Fire Marshall 7 and 0 William Gomi at 11 and 2. Jake we have a sizable, sizable height disadvantage for our boy Francis Marshall. Here's what I understand. 
Grant Marshall, if I'm not mistaken, is like a New York, New Jersey guy. Why not push this guy and get him as close to a hometown fight as you can at 288? Why put him here? Why do you why you bury him on an apex card where nobody's going to see him? Right where you can't get the, you can't get the crowd pop. Um, go me to plus 175 here, Marshall at the over two and a half. I will say this: I like Marshall in this fight. Don't get me wrong; I like him in this fight, but you better be cognizant and aware of the sophomore slump. William Gomi is a live dog here at plus 175. Francis Marshall is good, but do not be mistaken here. We've got shades of Terrence McKinney where you come out and you probably want to fight in a way that you maybe should not have won it. And then the second time out, things get dicier for you. You cannot keep rinsing and repeating over and again. Sophomore slump is a real thing. I'm just saying William Gomi is a live dog here. Francis Marshall should win this fight, and you'll probably see a, a high ownership rate on DraftKings as far as that's concerned. But I will say this: there's a real chance of a minus two hundred favorite losing here. So uh, I, I would, I'm just cautioning against it. Admittedly, this is a no action fight for me. I have nothing. I have no vested interest in this whatsoever, other than just seeing how Francis Marshall deals with this. And um, I don't like the price on him, and I don't necessarily love Gomi, but I will, I will say, uh, the 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 sophomore performance scares me a bit. Uh, so, live dog, he's alive, he's alive, he's alive. Uh, all right, Muhammad Usman Junior Tafa. I'm just again, we're in the trust tree here. Muhammad Usman sucks. I mean, we're just going to be just we're going to be real here. He sucks. He can barely move. He can barely move. He has very bad cardio. Um, I mean, I, he hits hard, but I mean, he hits hard because big guys have more power than small guys. Like so, like just by the law of um, biology, I guess he hits hard. But I, I Tafa is. He's better tested, probably carries more power, and you know, I just I Usman, you know, losing's contagious. The last the other Usman just lost. This one loses too. Give me Tafa. Um, oh, I like this. This is a good take. Only thing about only good thing or only thing good about Usman is having access to the family pharmaceuticals. Yeah, it's a good point. That would be that would be a sly indication that the Usman brothers use um, performance enhancing drugs, and I, I I mean, it's all speculative, you know what I mean? It's all speculative. Um, yeah, produce Jake's says three inch difference on that last one, five nine to six. Yep, yeah, six foot. Um, let's see here. I'm not sure if it means anything, but Usman's last win just fought his next fight at light heavyweight. Yeah. 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 Um, people really like this. Uh, I don't know if that's in reference to the kickboxing experience or the pharmaceuticals, but both things are valid points. Um, tough is the play. Tough is the play. Producer Jake says, move this right along. Get me into thick old Norma Dumont. Versus Carol Rosa, Carol Rosa at 104, or minus 104, Norman Dumont at minus 116, over or on around at two and a half. Norman Dumont is also incredibly hard to handicap. I, 
she sometimes comes out and looks like she, you know, just could be like a, I mean, women's boxing might even be more egregiously bad than women's MMA, but she, I mean, she might be a world champion women's boxer. I mean, sometimes the way she comes out and pops that jab, uh, but other times she can't make weight and she looks terrible. So can Norma Dumont make weight? Question number one. And then can she, if she does make weight, what, um, what Norma shows up? I, I, I like her to beat Carol Rosa here. The only thing I don't like is that she's a favorite. I would love it if you guys would just steam the line for me and put a bunch of money on Carol Rosa so that way Norma Dumont flips to the underdog and then we can hammer it again like a bunch of professional bettors. Like, we, like we're in the James Krause Discord. Why don't we act like that? Um, you know, we, we, should be, we should be in the 1% club, right? We're the one percenters. Anyway, producer Jake. Did I show you these? Have you seen these? Have you seen this? So I got this, right? It's printed. It's 3D printed with that G10 plastic or whatever. Like that, like it's like unbreakable plastic, but it does not go off in a metal detector. So you can carry these everywhere. Allegedly. You could allegedly carry these everywhere. So if you wanted to, if you felt so inclined, like if you were going to go to UFC 288 and see Dylan Dennis in person somewhere, you could essentially bypass all metal detectors. If you, I'm just, it's just, it's a thing that people could do if they wanted to. Um, shout out to Adam Kaplan coming in here. If you guys remember Adam, he was on the show a few months back. Good to see you, buddy. Let's see here. All right. So we're not going to smuggle in 3D printed weapons. Uh, and we got Ronnie Yaya taking on Montel Jackson. Ronnie Yaya at 28-10. Montel Jackson at 12-2. and two. Look, let's just be honest with ourselves here. Uh, minus 550 for Montel is a nightmare line, right? That's, that's, that's a stupid line. Um, Ronnie Yaya at plus 420. Uh, this is... This is their punishment to him for pulling out of the Cody Garbrandt fight. That's what this is. This is this, this is this is Hunter Campbell. This is Mick Maynard going. You know what, Ronnie? You screwed us on that Cody Garbrandt fight because then Cody goes out and wins a fight. And now we got to keep him around longer. Um, so now here here we are. We're going to feed you to Montel Jackson. Montel's good enough that he should be able to, you know, fend off the the Ronnie Yaya submission attempts. Um, Montel Jackson should be a parlay anchor here. So anyway, uh, that, that's kind of how, that's kind of how I feel for this. Um, I don't want to be like, so cut and dry about it, but I'm not going to go deep in the weeds on a minus five fifty favorite. If you want action prop wise, Ronnie Yaya by submission is obviously the way you're going to go. And if you don't want to do that, Montel Jackson by knockout. And that's it. Like those are your, like, there's no, I'm not going to pretend that this is like some, there's like some big esoteric sort of breakdown that exists like just on the edges of, of what other YouTube handicappers are going to say, like, this is it Jackson by KO. You can get it like plus 100 plus 150. Perfect. Ronnie Yaya by submission. Okay, cool. Plus 450 plus five. Excellent. Like that's, that's where we're at. I mean, Yaya's already 
a plus 420. What else What else do you want from him? Just take it by money line. Yeah, you're losing 80 cents, but who cares? You get, you know, what if the off chance you get some weird positional crucifix elbow shit going on? You know, you never know, man. You never know with these dummies. There's just so much different stuff that happens in 2023 is shaping up to be just as ludicrous um, as 2022 was. I'm going to say this real quick. Jocelyn Edwards, Pudalova. Pudalova won that fight running away. I mean, it was not that that's definitely early contender for bat worst scorecard so far this year. I mean, I, I Jocelyn Edwards is awful, awful. And again, that's why we talk about Pudalova. It's very tough to bet on her as well. All right, we got Ricky Glenn, grown man goes by Ricky, 22 and 6. Christos Yagos at 19 and 10. Christos versus Ricky. Like this, this is like two. This is like a, a this sounds like a fight out of a night, like outside of a nightclub in Milan. Ricky, don't hit Christos. Christos, don't hit Ricky. And then they're 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 hitting each other on the cobblestones. You know, they're out there. Right in front of the Louis Vuitton store in Milan. You're sitting there eating, eating a gelato, drunk, and you're watching Ricky and Christos throw down. Um, anyway. Highway robbery, says Austin. I agree. And then, uh, wait. Are you saying, oh, Nichols, are you saying that Leon Edwards lost? Hmm. And I agree with Barber losing. I agree with that. Um, I like Ricky Glenn, despite the Y on his name. I like Ricky Glenn a lot um, based on just the grinders type mindset. He's tough. Uh, Christos Yagos is, but I mean, Christos Yagos is like a lick the blood off the gloves kind of guy too. I mean, he's, he's a killer be killed type of guy. We got a lot of two and a halves here. Somebody's going to get knocked out. We're not getting Curtis blades versus Sergey Pavlovich at one 30 in the morning. It's just not going to happen. Like we're going to get some finishes. This, this, they're, they're, they're going to have to come from somewhere. Um, I don't necessarily know that this one's it. Um, I would say. I would say Ricky Glenn as a lean, just because Christos Yagos is not not particularly not particularly good anywhere. Oh, Jocelyn Edwards. Okay, I just want to make sure. Just want to make sure. I mean, it was just like a big thing there. Okay, just want to make sure Edwards is a common last name, so we got to make sure we're talking about the same people. Um, initial lean, Ricky Glenn. Ricky Glenn. No action for me on this fight. I don't have a ton of action um, on this card. We're looking at maybe five plays total. I've really been trying to pare down the amount of plays to high confidence plays. So that's, that's where we're leaning on, on this stuff. So let me just run through my money line leans real quick from top to bottom um, or from bottom to top, rather batter, y'all Cachoeira, Gomi, Taffa, Dumont, Montel, Ricky Glenn, Jeremiah Wells, Brogan Walker, Jared Gooden, Gordon. Oh, see, I almost did it. I almost did. <laughs> I, just, I made a point earlier to not say it, and I did it anyway. Jared Gordon, uh, give me Brad Tavares. I'm ready to be heard again, and give me Curtis Blades, a.k.a. Apollo Creed for all intents and purposes. All right. Next week, 
we will talk about the Intel leak from the Pentagon because I don't know enough about it at this point. Um, we will see where'd that kid get shot at Jake? What city was that in? They just arrested some 85 year old guy. Cause some kid broke into his house or walked into his house. He was going to his, he was going to pick up his siblings. And then he walked, he like walked into a house that had no trespassing signs everywhere. They walked into the house and some 85 year old guy shot him. Unbelievable. Kansas city. Sweet. So like literally just where the UFC was at. I just, in, I was like, Kansas city was in my head and I thought that can't be right. That can't be right. So we'll see if Kansas city, whether or not Kansas city burns to the ground this week, I doubt it will. Um, if I'm not mistaken, that kid lived, he's already home. He's already home. So we'll see what happens. Big, uh, it's a big push for the, to end the gun violence thing, right? Everybody wants to end the gun violence. Um, somehow they believe that trying to take guns away is going to make that happen. I don't know. I don't, I don't believe that Jake. I think you should be able to buy a grenade launcher at a gas station is what I think. That's what I think. I think you should be able to do that. I mean, I can buy fireworks there. I should be able to buy a grenade launcher at a gas station right beside my, I should be able to get a lighter, um, zero sugar monster energy drink and let me get that RPG. Yeah. I mean, just walk, Walk, walk out with that Russian propelled grenade. You know what I mean? Why not? They, why not? Um, I will say, oh, okay. Here's something I saw. This is a real thing that I think, I believe it was in New Mexico. They are taking birds, birds. Remember, we've, we've, we have long, uh, I've, I've told you before, this is a bird podcast. So here's where we talk about birds. They're taking dead birds in New Mexico and they're putting them in drones or putting drones in them rather. And then using these things to spy on like, you know, people coming over the border and stuff like that. They're doing birds um, like dead birds. And then they're also doing the same thing with these dead birds and drones like that they do with, um, Remember the thing they did a while back where they put like the cameras and like rocks and stuff like that, or like what looked like a rock and they would like follow lions around. They're doing that with dead birds too, where they're like equipping drones with dead birds and trying to get them to like monitor other endangered species. Very, very weird. Austin says abolish the ATF. I agree hundred percent. Austin, we should absolutely do that. Um, we should do that. And then Adam says conspiracy theories win again. Yeah, I think so. I think so. I, I mean, at a certain point, at here's the thing. At a certain point, we have to remove the stigma of what a conspiracy theory actually is. There's nothing wrong with theories, right? There's nothing wrong. I mean, a lot of people push that. I, I think he's one of the dumbest people that, that are on the planet, that Neil deGrasse Tyson Anybody that that is a theoretical physicist, and I've talked about this before, anybody that's a theoretical physicist, you are essentially a a adult that specializes in make believe using fancy words, because nothing you say is true. You just say fancy things, and then you say, "Well, in theory, this is how it could happen." but there's no way to prove it. That's why it's all theoretical. So you take something like physics and you're like, I'm a theoretical physicist. I'm saying that if you were on the surface, theoretically speaking, if you were on the surface of Jupiter 
and you fired a blunderbuss full of D-cell batteries at a watermelon, it would create hydrogen chloride. That doesn't make, you can just say that and people are going to go, well, yeah, I mean, I guess maybe. And you go, man, he's so smart. Neil deGrasse Tyson's really smart. He's really smart. Jake, show of hands here. Chat, show of hands. I heard this idiot. I'm trying, I'm tr- I'm 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 trying to speak as if one day my kids might listen to my show. I heard this idiot, this Neil deGrasse Tyson idiot speak one time. And if we've talked about this, stop me. Just send me a thing and say stop. Where he talks about if you dig a hole through the earth. Have you heard this? So this moron speculates, again, because it's all theoretical physics. If you dug a hole on one side of the earth all the way through to the other side of the earth, again, this is purporting that the earth is round, if you believe that, um, that it drove all the way through, and then you jumped in the hole, what do you think would happen if you jumped in that hole, okay? And the hole goes all the way through the earth, so... You jumped in the hole. He's saying that at a certain point you would stop falling down and you would start falling up and then you would reach terminal velocity and slow down just at the point where you were about to break the surface of the earth on the other side and then you could grab it and pull yourself out. I'm going to let you noodle that for a second. Okay. He said that if you jump into a hole you will at a certain point stop falling down and you'll start floating up and you will reach a velocity that is akin to what you were falling down at the inverse of that and you will get to the other side and you'll reach terminal velocity and as you are about to breach the hole you'll slow down enough that you can grab onto it and pull yourself out theoretical physics at its finest if that's not the most cockamamie bullshit you've ever heard in your life like, I, I can't help you if you think that that's a real thing that would happen. Now, you're going to say, well, Dale, you can't prove that it wouldn't happen. I understand that. That's why it's theoretical physics. Theoreticals make believe. It's we're going to make believe of what we think could happen. So I'll leave you with that. Um, one of the smartest people, a.k.a. smartest people on earth. That's his, that's his take about if you dig a hole to the center of the earth. So... You, real quick, just just thumbs up, thumbs middle, thumbs down, gladiator style. Do you think that that's you think that's true? I won't I won't publicly shame you. you you're a thumbs down on that. Big thumbs down from producer Jake. Um, Adam says, could the human body even withstand that? No, of course not. Of course not. It would reach absolute terminal. Yeah, you would you would fall apart at a certain point. Yes, you would fall apart. But let's just say you weren't going to fall apart. Um. Okay, well, yeah, I mean, so, okay. But, but between the velocity or the temperature of the core of the Earth, probably not. Yep, okay, all of these things true. But let's say you're in an Iron Man suit. Um, again, we could get into all the nuances of this. I'm just saying at a certain point, you're just not going to, like, slowly on an escalator just decelerate while you just, oh, like Superman, you know, sort of coming in, um, you know, from, from the the... the the fortress of solitude. You're not just going to slowly glide in and then just be like, Oh, that was wonderful. And then just pull yourself up out of this, out of this hole. It's just, that's not the, this, this, that's not why. 
Um, Nichols says, this is why Neil gets paid the big bucks. Yeah. Yeah. I, I too wish I could get paid big, big bucks for playing make believe. So instead I get paid no bucks for the make believe that I currently play where I pretend to be a, a competent MMA handicapper. All right, let's get out of here, Jake. It's been good seeing everybody on a Tuesday night. Appreciate you. If you stop through or if you download later on, um, I do love you and I do appreciate you. I know producer Jake appreciates you as well. He's a real person. It's been confirmed. Um, but yeah, I will, uh, I will talk to you guys later on. Be good to each other. Hope you cash something this weekend. Feel free to like, subscribe, sub share, sub, sub share. Yeah, you can do all that. <laughs> oh man. Anyway, let's get out of here, Jake. All right. Be good to each other guys. God bless. We'll see you. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.